Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, a uh, college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by Ryan Donnelly. Um, Ryan, we have Mountain West talk this week. We have the Mountain West to preview. It's the uh, number one football conference only in the Mountain West, baby. Um, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's the Big Apple, the Mountain West. Um, we. Uh, what's your favorite mountain? What's your, what's your number one mountain in the mountain ranges of the West? Oh, yeah, no. You know, all of them. I can't get enough of any of these guys. I just, just love them all equally. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The one that I can see from my apartment is pretty cool. I don't know his name, but I, I like him. Um, yeah. That uh, yeah. We should get uh, we should get Chuck McKeever on the podcast. Just an episode where we rank mountains. Oh man, that would be fun to get Chuck on. I don't know if it would be for that specifically, but that would be that would be a, a fun sort of uh, like like throwing a nice ice cube on the fire that is this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ex- about ex- trails. Yeah, <laughs> e- extremely calm man talking on you know talking on the uh, the deranged guys podcast. Um, yeah. Do you uh, what's going on? How's it go- how's it going? You know, I'm hanging out. Yeah. Uh, I got big plans this weekend. I'm headed to sunny, beautiful Columbus, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, the only Columbus on this podcast that we that we recognize. Mm. There's no other ones. That's just Columbus, Indiana. I would say it's number three for me behind Columbus, Ohio and uh, Christopher Columbus, who's a okay. personal friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. um, it's Italian greatness. I endorse, of course, everything he was involved in. Yeah, and you the love consequence. And you yeah. love the Italians, and so it, it only it only makes sense. That's true. That's true. Did I? Did you see my tweet about uh, the Italian guys on the corner of my no. slice shop? No. Uh, I have this slice shop in the corner. It's been there for forty years, and there's these two Italian guys are always sitting outside. Presumably Italian. They look like the most Italian men of all time. They're outside mm-hmm. of a pizza shop in New York, so it's safe to say they're probably italian yeah uh and one of them's always smoking a cigar and weighs like 400 pounds let's go and the other one uh is never smoking anything and weighs like 140 pounds and they're <laughs> just like a very funny duo but <laughs> i was walking out the other day to get a slice and they asked me if i play ball and uh that's just evidence of the b1g ryan blueprint formula yeah uh <laughs> the b1g ryan blueprint formula is working exactly as intended. You ran into Dorian Gray and the portrait of Dorian Gray. You... <laughs> Those guys live on the side of the street. Yeah. Um, uh, what's an Italian name for Dorian? Uh, oh, we... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tony Gray. We ran into yeah. Tony Gray. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean... <laughs> Tony Gray. Sounds like a, uh, it was a former Tennessee running back. I think his name is Tony Gray. So that's him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Henry he, Gray, he got there from whatever. Oklahoma, right? That was Eric Gray. So you're thinking I'm Eric transferring Gray. from Oklahoma. Who, who's, Henry, who's Henry Gray? the fuck am I? Henry Gray is uh, a porn star. Okay. He's a British surgeon, <laughs> apparently. So that's, uh, I've got that. Mm, oh, that's the, you're thinking the musician. Um, Are you, you've been reading medical journals lately? Or? Yeah. Maybe they had a, I think they might have had a different guy whose either first name or last name was Henry recently. All the Tennessee fucking running backs run together. Um, it, it is. Because they all suck. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah they all. Who didn't play. Yeah. They, they're, they're all like identical players um we will i mentioned on twitter we will have a reckoning about your your tennessee optimism here once the season comes they're about. gonna be good dude they mm-hmm. have one of the best receivers in the country such as showman they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country hendon hooker uh and they're gonna score points like, the problem is not gonna be tennessee offense i'm not endorsing tennessee defense i'm just saying <laughs> i like the tennessee offense and they're gonna go above 500 which is not something they do often two years in a row that's cool yeah 
boy, what a what a bleak situation it is that going above 500 two years in a row at Tennessee is grounds for like giving your coach a, uh, an extension. It, is, it will happen, yeah. and you'll be more excited for him than anybody. Probably, yeah. You know, I love Power Five football teams. I love uh, old money <laughs> college football teams. I love Josh Heupel. Um, just can't get enough of that uh, that program as a whole. I, oh yeah. You know, I I love to see the little guys win. Um, we were just talking before we started the show about. The, we uh, don't talk off the air. Don't no. tell these people. We yeah, do not I, communicate off the air. Yeah, we were just uh, we were doing Morse code <laughs> through our telegrams off uh, before we started the show. Um, we like to preserve our, our voices before we start recording about the state of college football news. Um, and by virtue of being a college football podcast, I do want to briefly talk about um, it. Uh, it's all fucking boring. We've talked about this before. It's all so fucking boring. I I don't. I see people talking about national college football news like every day and every day it's somehow less interesting than it was the day before. I don't know. We, we truly, we've said before we are blessed by, by the enemies that we have been granted as a college football podcast because like the shit that these guys are talking about, man, who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah. How are you guys still talking about NIL every week? Like, what do you think people are getting out of it? Or like television contracts who gives a shit? It's not real. It's made it's up. It's not real. It's fake. Well, it's... I mean, like, I get why that matters, I guess, if you're talking about, like, realignment. But if you're just talking about, like, how much money they're going to make, it's like, yeah. well, the realignment round's over. It doesn't matter. Like, or it's mostly over, right? Like, yeah. either the Big Ten is going to take some guys to the Pac-12 or it's done. Yeah. It's just, like, a binary thing. And like, I, Unless you're reporting something on that for me, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's just, like, it's all the, the, the state of college football news right now is very, very bleak. It's... um. It just not that it's like bad news. It's just not interesting at all. We need some spice. We need something interesting to happen in college football, because it's been it's been months where people are just talking about like, oh, Miami's nil deals are on the on the yeah. strange side. Uh oh, like, did you guys see the Bitcoin prices this week? Miami's recruiting <laughs> class is gonna take a hit. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh no, man, what are you talking about? I didn't see that. I don't care. I'm a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown man. I'm an uh, adult. No, uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's the problem is like, and I said this to you a few minutes ago, but like everyone now is writing about college football news, like through the lens of NIL, Yeah. Uh, the same way, like everyone wrote about politics and still does right now through the lens of Trump. Yeah. Like people just are like, the, we don't have well-educated critical thinking people in this country and they just can only fixate on one or two ideas at a time. Yeah. Uh, so they just write about everything. Like it's connected to the same thing. It's all the central issue. And like they just misidentify any kind of changing. Like NIL just it it matters in the sense that players are getting paid now, which is cool. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything else besides that. No, the structures of the sport are fundamentally identical. The same teams yeah. that were that were, you know, that that were setting up sweetheart deals and 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 no show jobs for their players are still doing that. It's just they're right. doing it form they're doing it legally now. It's no different. It's the same fucking like, thing. It's identical. Yeah, there might be a few margin teams that are hurt, but like I don't know how many of those schools, like, uh, like maybe a school, uh, I'm trying to think, I can't even think of one. Like yeah. what, what are schools that like have played well on the field? Uh, I don't know. Like every school that's like overachieved its recruiting, isn't going to get any better recruits because of NIL. Yeah. Uh, or is not going to get any worse recruits because of NIL because they already sucked at recruiting. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm, Every week we get on here and we try to find if there's some sort of, you know, is there some sort of national news we could talk about? And every week it's just like, oh, the whiniest no. people on earth are still complaining. It's like, man, I'm, 
I don't care. I don't care. Oh, wow. The right. SEC is uh, upset about it. So who gives a shit? It's not real. It's made up. Not it's my problem. All, yeah, it's, it's just not real. Fucking, not my problem. It's all just press you releases. Can't... It doesn't matter. It's not real. Yeah. Um, they just need something to write about, dude. That's all it is. They just need something to write about. Yeah, I guess. Well, what they should write about is this podcast because, folks, we're talking about the Mountain West this week. Oh, uh, we. we, we've got uh, We've got five tiers as we have traditionally so flipping um, the foil boys back again the, fr- the, the flip- boys are back they're flipping the foil boys um we, i off. i have not yet completed my mountain west preview for the outside zone i'm very close um i know enough about these teams that we can talk about them we are starting to get here into full-on preview season we have more and more coming in the next couple of weeks is going to be a lot of previews um we also have i will mention before we really jump into this here uh we have gotten a couple questions uh for for the for the sake of the show um i have responded we're not going to gonna both, answer them I have, answer yeah them. i've responded to both people but we are not going to answer them quite yet um we have a, a big q a show coming soon i know that we said we're not going to do a ton of those anymore but we are we're gonna do one um and so we could maybe uh, we should do something special for that i don't know we could like uh do a live stream or something we're gonna do that live stream maybe, maybe we both i'm just proposed this to you live on the show yeah, right now maybe, putting you on the spot maybe we both go to the uh the, the local watering hole and, and get extremely drunk and then we record the q a um yeah we the, can just drink on the podcast yeah, too. We we can just just there's no law that says you can't drink on the podcast there's no <laughs> there's no regulation we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> do the the B1G Ryan challenge and make Patrick go drink for drink with me for an entire uh, entire podcast. Uh, <laughs> you were talking to the nurser. Unfortunately, of like the episode two or three will never beers. be published. Yeah, yeah. You were talking to the nurser of two or three beers here, man. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 less even a capability. It's more just like I'm not interested in doing it. It's just, I don't know. I will be tried for an as an accessory for murder if we do that. Yeah, uh, but uh, maybe we'll do a uh, we'll do a two for one kind of deal. <laughs> um yeah that might be something to that might be something to look into but we're going to be doing a big q a show we have seen your questions uh we will be answering them at some point but not not on this one um right now we're going to talk mountain west and we're going to start it off in tier five with truly some of i think the worst teams in college football this year this is a good conference generally speaking i think that once you get past like once you get into the top seven or eight, you're going to get a lot of really interesting, good teams. But the bottom four or five here is just despicable. It is so, so bad. And not entirely through through the fault of some of these teams. Like, I don't know that it's really Hawaii's fault necessarily that it lost all of its players. It did hire yeah. Todd Graham, but it did also fire Todd Graham. So, um, but like, it's really, it's really bad here. It's really, really bad at the bottom of the league. The top of the league is good enough to make up for it, but there's some really dog shit football being played here. It's time to put these guys down. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we got first? Uh, Patrick, we have Hawaii. Yeah. What, uh, what are the expectations for Timmy Chang? How long does he have to show progress? Like what, what is reasonable expectations just for the Timmy Chang era as it begins in Hawaii? Well, first he needs to start going by Tim because he's a grown man. That's just the, a man named Timmy. Yeah, you are a grown man named Timmy. It's not going to work. But um, this year certainly doesn't need to. I don't think he needs to next year either. I think this is probably a year three situation where you need to actually start to see something. Um, because, I mean, the, the Todd Graham era is so it's so all-encompassing and bad, right? It's It's so... 
antithetical to everything that Hawaii wants to do as a program, the way that he recruited, the way that he coached, the way that he acted. Um, he led the program in, I, I think, the exact opposite direction of where it wants to be and where Timmy Chang wants it to be. Um, and so I, I think that this is probably a long washing out process. Um, 2024 is probably fair to start talking about Hawaii with having, you know, expectations again. But I mean, a huge chunk of the roster is gone. Almost all of the the starters from last year, and that was not a great team last year anyway. Um, they have they they've they've lost Chevin Cordero, the starting quarterback. They've lost pretty much every receiver who was even decent. Calvin Turner's gone. Jared Smart's gone. Uh, Nick Martiner's gone. It's just it's just bad. <laughs> the entire defensive line is gone. The entire secondary is gone. Um, I, I think that there, you know, there are some transfers who we could be kind of interested in here, but largely speaking, um, I don't think that there's really any pressure on him right now because it's just, it's really, really bad. And I think that there's structural stuff that he needs to build back up before we can even start to talk about Hawaii being a, a He needs positive. to build back better. Yeah. He needs to build back better because it's like, I mean, Todd Graham was like, actively antagonistic to local fans, and that's all that Hawaii has is, is local fans. Um, and so I think that these first two years are as much about getting players who don't suck as it is about like getting your fans to not hate your program or, or not want to go to games and, and all that stuff. Also, they don't have a football stadium I, right now. Um, I think he's probably good. like overnight got me goodwill back, though, I'd say. Like hiring, yeah. a, hiring a program legend like this, I, th- I think overnight gets the fan base – yeah, at least willing to give you a shot again, right? Like I think he's probably reset. Um, what was I going to say? Re- reset kind of the expectations and, and expe- the fan base. Yeah, I, I would. I think that's probably fair. I, I do think the uh, what I mentioned about the stadium probably pressing issue, right? They don't have one of those. They don't have a football stadium. Yeah, they're playing in like you, a usually line. you do want a stadium. Yeah, you do. You do. You usually do want a stadium. I know they have plans for one that's that's in process, but. Um, I think that that's not until 2024 anyway. So I, yeah, I, I think we can pretty much put Hawaii in a, in a time capsule for the next couple of years and then look at them again in 2024. So, and that, with that being said, then what is success in year one for him? So let me pull up Hawaii's schedule them, because yeah. uh, I, I don't imagine that there's a, a really a, a great tangible number. I don't think that we could just say like three or four. It's, it's got to be contextual. So they start the season with Vanderbilt, Western Kentucky, and Michigan. That's not ideal. That's not that's not the best way to open the season with two P5 opponents and one of the better G5 opponents. Vanderbilt is obviously deeply bad in kind of the same place that Hawaii is, but I, I don't imagine that Hawaii is going to win any of those three games. Um, they do have Duquesne, which I, I, I guess they could win, and then they have New Mexico State, which they could also win. Um, Wyoming's on the schedule. UNLV's on the schedule. So uh, realistically, maybe you could get to, to two or three, but I think that's about it. I, I, I think that if they can take three of... Duquesne, New Mexico State, uh, Wyoming, and UNLV, they'll, they'll be feeling very, very good about that. That would be um, probably probably vastly overachieving what they what they should be doing, honestly. Yeah, I think fair enough. I think that's, I think that's an accurate statement. Um, I don't know, but like, is there a chance they actually did overachieving based on some of the talent they brought in? Uh, they, ha- they have, what, eight P5 transfers for this roster? Yeah. So um, do you think it's actually possible to do that? Yeah, so that's sort of the, the thing with these programs even in year one that makes it harder to project them than it used to be is that Timmy Chang can go out and get, you know, a couple P5 quarterback options. He can go out and they do, they're not, they're not good P5 quarterback options, but they are P5 quarterback <laughs> options. He can go get Tylen Hines from Air Force. He can go get Christopher Jackson to play wide receiver from BYU. He can get, you know, a tight end from Missouri state, right? They, they can, they could do this. And these guys, a lot of these P5 cast, I'll, I'll say all of them are not 
good. They weren't good at P5 schools, but we have seen a lot of guys move down a level and become much more impactful players, right? Somebody like Winden, I don't know how to say this kid's last name, Winden Ho-Huli? Ho Huli from uh, from Nebraska. Maybe that's somebody who can step up at linebacker. Um, Damari Blanks from the JUCO ranks. Noah Kima from the JUCO ranks. Both really good linebackers last year. Um, somebody like Verdell Edwards from Iowa State, right? Like these are guys who were, were at least talented enough coming out of high school to get P5 offers. JoJo Forrest was a starter at at, uh, at Oregon State in the secondary in 2019. He hasn't done anything since, but. That's sort of the the I don't even know that that's the bet that they're making because I don't think that they're trying to win games this year as much as they were just trying to fill out the roster. But there is always a chance that a couple of those guys do hit right. Like they have an Arkansas transfer, they have a Utah transfer, they have guys from pretty good programs, um, and it's just a matter of maybe you give those guys playing time, then they can actually be what they were originally recruited to be. But I I, I think that the overachieving here is probably. You know, it's it's beating Wyoming and winning three games instead of not beating Wyoming and winning two or one. Yeah, which is, I mean, obviously dirty, uh, you know, dirty pool. You don't want to be in that spot. Like no. that's that's not uh, good expectations to, to to have for a roster. But I don't know. Uh, do you have any intrigue in Joey Yellen here? Their, their um, quarterback transfer is, is he going to start? I sure hope not. From what I have seen from Joey Yellen, yeah. Yellen, I. I uh, I would hope not. Uh, the The other guy who's here is uh, Cameron Cooper, who is at Washington or yeah, Washington State. It seems like he's the better of the two. Uh, if you're picking from one of those two, there's also Braden Shager, who's still here. He was the backup last year. Um, none of these guys are good at all, really. Um, but some of them are actually actively bad. It seems like Cameron Cooper is the only one who wasn't disastrously bad uh, when he has gotten the chance to play, but I, I don't feel great about any of them. I would guess that Cooper gets the start because he is from this system. He was playing under Nick Rolovich at sure. Washington State, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't have a super strong feeling on Joey Yellen uh, other than when he announced that he was transferring, I saw a bunch of Pitt fans were like excited about that, which is not usually what you want from a, a quarterback. Yeah, I mean... I think it's tough too, though, because if you're like a highly rated quarterback who goes to like a mid-level P5 program, the expectations on you are pretty substantial. Yeah. Like if a guy like Devin Leary didn't pan out in NC State, uh, that would have been a huge setback to their program, right? Because like it impacts their quarterback recruiting for years. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of expectations around what he becomes. You, getting those guys is a big deal for you. If they kind of suck, it's just like, well, all right, like <laughs> that's a bummer. I don't sure. know. Like now they're dealing with like a bunch of low level three stars they're trying to put in there in uh, Yellen's place. Um, but yeah, nothing you can do about it, I guess. Um, I don't know. What are your, I, I guess, any other final loss thoughts on Hawaii here before we move on to uh, Nevada? Yeah, probably don't watch Hawaii. I guess if you want to watch the really late game, you can, but I, I don't think that there's yeah. a whole lot of. If there are any reasons, yeah. like if you're a guy who maybe is a one third partial owner of a Buckeye football website mm-hmm. and you've had some legal troubles and you. Um, <laughs> and you do certain things that keep you up until four or five, six in the morning to post yeah. on message boards with a 60 year old men who want to hang out with you. Uh, you know, maybe there's certain things you can do to stay, keep yourself awake. Right. Yeah. Dude. I mean, that's, that's the dream really is, is taking a message board, posting enhancers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just getting zooted to post on the message boards. Bro, I'm all, I'm all natty. I've been posting like this. Just uh, I don't. I'm not on any gear, dude. That's just how I post. <laughs> this is what a natural poster looks like. Oh man, yeah. If people is... talk about me posting like the way they talk about Ken Griffey baseball, yeah, uh, like just the the natural like swing of the bat, just pure clean stroke, yeah. just uh, just incredible to watch him watch him type. 
<laughs> yeah, we love to see the keystrokes on this bad boy. Yeah, uh, don't don't watch Hawaii unless you are you are zooted to post on message boards. I guess. And probably probably don't do that either. <laughs> don't get no, we encourage that. Hang on, we're encouraging All that. Right, yeah, that's this kind. Of, this is the kind of behavior that brings people to this podcast. So I suppose yeah, that, that we do endorse getting zooted and posting on a message board. Yeah. And by the way, really quick, before I forget about message boards and just posting in general, yep. in case any of you guys didn't listen to the last, the 147th minute of our podcast last week, um, <laughs> we do encourage you, if you haven't yet, uh, the Gangbusters Q&A questions, if you guys are not on that, go ahead and listen to the end of last week's episode. Yeah. Let's get those out there, folks. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of responses to Bill Anderson's mailbag today. None of them including the word gangbusters. Yeah, I don't so, know. I don't understand really what was going on with that. We even had a question about our show that didn't include the word gangbusters, which was very frustrating yeah. to see. Let's follow directions. Come on. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean you didn't listen to the third hour of the podcast last week? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not a game. Man. Yeah, come on. This is our this is our, our livelihood here. We both do this full time. This is the only thing we're if, doing. If we don't get that word into someone else's <laughs> podcast, Patrick can't eat this week. I'm yeah, not paying yeah. a salary. You're taking, okay? you're taking food out of our children's mouth when you don't reply he has to go forage to, yeah yeah i have to go out in the forest and find some find some mushrooms and things like that that's why we're bringing chuck mckeever on the podcast he's giving us tips on foraging and, yeah. and how to do uh mushroom identification what's the word for that uh people want mushrooms uh, um i don't know mycology second. people he's doing mycology work sure okay um yeah he's <laughs> he's doing that and i'm gonna have to do that if you guys don't reply with uh gangbusters to to Stu mandel and your question about strength <laughs> and conditioning um Okay. <laughs> so, so to battle Uh Patrick, you had a question posed here in our, our shared Google Doc that I, I kind of wanted to disagree with or maybe just okay. take issue with. Sure. Nevada, I guess the, the premise of this is Nevada this offseason just essentially announced they're not going to invest in football, right? Yeah. They lost their coach to an in conference rival. Um, they're not paying money. Uh, they don't really care about football. Yeah. But the question is like, what you wrote here is, would you not just stop rooting for Nevada? Would you just quit? Sure. I think it's almost the opposite. You have to root for them to go full like UAB or like major league, where it's just like, the only thing you have to do is win the whole damn thing. And you have to hope they just like, despite having no investment, just keep winning against all odds. Yeah. Uh, that's what you have to pull for with Nevada, in my opinion. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I true respect for, for people who are, who are diehard Nevada fans, because um, this is now with Jay Nor- Norvell jumping to Colorado State. Uh, this is the second time this has happened to them. They had a coach leave for UNLV in the 1990s after one season as the head coach, right? Um, like this is not, <laughs> it's not a good trend. It's not a good, you know, thing to have happened twice in your school's FBS history, which is only 30 years. Like that's not. No, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, credit to the diehards, but to uh, to see Norvell leave within the conference and cite specifically that he couldn't pay his assistants enough to keep them and then that they weren't you know he couldn't recruit he couldn't do the things he needed to do and that a different team in the conference is enough to 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 you know satisfy that that he feels better just being with a different school that's like a state away um, and then also for then Nevada to go out and grab Ken Wilson who is a fucking nobody he's he's you know he was a he was an assistant under uh, under Chris Alt and under a couple other Nevada a real coaches. loser. Yeah, yeah. He, he was an assistant at Nevada for like thirty years, um, and then the last ten years he spent as a linebackers coach at Washington State and a linebackers coach at Oregon. Right, like this guy's a loser. This is this is a nobody, um, and they hired him to be the head coach because he 
knows the former head coach here, like the the, the legendary head coach here. And I just we should get him on the podcast. Yeah, we should, I think I don't think he's doing a whole lot else. So I just I don't know. It, it's very. This is sort of the feeling I had about Buffalo last year when Lance Leipold left, where it's just like, man, I don't know what the point is. What do you? Why do you even keep playing? What's? <laughs> what is the? Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Your your you know best coach since uh, since the legendary guy just left, and now you've gone out and hired fucking Ken Wilson. It's just some nobody. I, I I don't know. I don't know what you do at that point. I feel bad for their fans. Obviously, like, that's the worst part. It's just that like, it doesn't matter who you hire, you can't keep them, right? Which is just kind of a shitty position to be in. I know yeah. a lot of like a lot of programs in sport feel that way. Yeah. Um, but at least those programs win first, right? Like Nevada. I mean, I guess it hasn't no, won no, one Mountain yeah. West championship. Yeah, uh, Nevada. Lately. So the, the the weird thing with Nevada is that it wins, but it only wins enough to go to bowl games. It never wins enough to actually compete for a conference title. It, it has won. Well, they have the one, right? Don't they have it, the one championship? It, they they beat Boise. Yeah, it, it's won two conference championships. Both of them are shared. Um, since moving into the WAC, which was two thousand. So the tw- the twenty ten one, they split three ways. That was the one where they beat Boise, and then the two thousand five one, they split with Boise, who beat them by forty points that season. Um, which yeah, is cool. Tough. That's a cool kind of conference championship. And then they were only within one spot of the team that actually won the league. Uh, twice from from the time in, that they were in the WAC, and once or. or either once or twice from the time that they've been in the Mountain West, and I believe one of those was the COVID year. So it's just like, or no, it wasn't even the COVID year. It was two years where they went four and four in the league, and the team that won the division was five and three, which is not impressive. That's not a, that's not a, like a, you know, an aspirational thing. But they, for for some reason, the floor is really high. Like they, they've gone to a ton of bowl games in that time, even without ever competing for an actual conference title or really ever having aspirations beyond going eight and five. So, like I don't even think that this guy who is just a nobody is going to fail. I don't really know if you can fail here for whatever reason, but it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. What is the point? What is the point? You're just going to do the same thing every year. Yeah. You're not, you're just clearly, you're just treading water. And that's, I don't know. He's getting a check, I guess. Good for him. Yeah. Probably a nice little end of the career pay bump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why Nevada would do it. Uh, I don't know. What do you expect here? Are they going to have anything going? Like they're going to, they lost everything in the passing game. Are they going to have any kind of running attack? Or is that, are they going to do anything on offense? Yeah, so they hired a uh, – Ken Wilson hired a Chip Kelly guy to run his offense, which is, I, I guess, encouraging for the sake of the rushing attack. Um, they do have two good running backs back in uh, Toa Tawu uh, and uh, Devontae Lee, who was famously, you might remember from in like 2019, the, the highlight tape that got really popular on Twitter of the running back who was playing in like – the middle of nowhere, Kansas, who was six foot one and you know two hundred and fifty pounds, and he was just running through everyone around him. Yes, uh, that's which Devon- rocks. That, that's that does rock. That's Devonte Lee. He's good. Um, Let's go. Both running backs are good. Both of them are back. Um, that is just about the only part of the team that is even kind of interesting. Carson Strong is gone. Um, every single receiver except for Jamal Bell is gone. Jamal Bell had 14 receptions last year. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is gone. Melquan Stovall transferred to Colorado State. Torrey Horton transferred to Colorado State. Justin Lockhart transferred to San Jose State. Elijah Cooks transferred to San Jose State. Um, and then also Cole Turner went to the NFL. So there, there are no, there's nobody here to catch the ball. Um, but the rushing attack might not be terrible. They, they have a kind of a surprising amount of offensive linemen back, given the fact that they lost their coach. Um, but quarterback here is probably Nate Cox or Shane Illingworth, which is uh, not ideal, not what you want. That yeah, Shane not, Illingworth not two your, guys you're going to trust a yeah, whole he's, lot. He's your ringer that you're bringing in, <laughs> Shane Illingworth. Um, Nate Cox is six foot ten, so we have that going for him at least. But 
Um, mm. Yeah, I just I think that probably the only thing that's going to work for this team at all on, on any ground is is really running the football, um, and. I don't know. Maybe they can do that. It's a Chip Kelly guy. It's it's not going to be. I don't think the rushing attack is going to be awful. I just I don't think they're going to be able to pass even a little bit, which is probably closer to what Wilson wants anyway. Is is something closer to the Chris Alt era, where it's you know not pistol option, but they're running the ball more than they're passing it. Norvell was kind of unique uh, in in what he wanted to do here, so I, I guess they can get a head start on that. But offensively, there's just nothing else here. I mean, they they lost all of their wide receivers. They're all gone. There's nobody left. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm embarrassed by these guys. Uh, it's just a fucking terrible-looking program, <laughs> terrible-looking football team. Yeah. Do you have any expectations for their defense outside of the offense? So, kind of um, every defensive end is gone except for Braylon Garcia, who had three tackles last year. So, you've got that. You've got Braylon Garcia. He had three tackles last year. Um, I'm going Braylon Garcia mode. Yeah, but the top five defensive ends are all gone. Um Dom Peterson's really good. I've talked about him before, but defensive tackle, he had kind of a down year last year, but he's a very good pass rusher. The word is that he's moving out to defensive end, which is always fun when you got a six foot, 285 pound defensive end. Um, yes, sir. They have a defensive tackle returning as well. Uh, so that, that part of the line might not be terrible. I think Dom Peterson and Christopher Love are both okay. Um, Peterson, much better than Love. Peterson's probably a, a legitimate like all conference contender, but um, they lose their top five, four or five linebackers. And there's not really any interesting options there. They lose their top two cornerbacks. They lose their top safety. Um, Defense probably isn't going to be dreadful. I don't think it's going to be like the worst in the country, but it's, it's certainly not going to be (laughs) terribly good either. They might be able to have a decent pass rush. Um, Some of the secondary that is, that is returning might not be terrible, but it's uh, it's bad. It's all bad here. It's not. There's not really a whole lot to be excited about. Maybe in a couple years, like we said with with Hawaii, but uh, I, I I just I think this roster is just not very good. It's they they've lost. It was already going to be a retooling year with all of the passing weapons leaving to the draft, but they also lost a whole bunch of guys that they really couldn't afford to lose on defense just to the portal, which is you know not I don't think what they were planning to to have to deal with this year. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, the question then is, like, how does a Nevada fan respond to the events the last year? Like, do you – what we talk about this job? Like, do you just pack it in? Do you just resign yourself to always being a bowl team most of the time, never anything more than that? Like, how do you respond? Yeah, I I don't – I feel like, like, the, the certainly the way I would respond would be to – uh, have a have an interesting Cry, scream shit throw yeah up. yeah i'd put a put my mouth around a car tailpipe but um <laughs> no i i think that like i'd probably have the instinct to and i have this instinct with every team but the instinct to do something <laughs> unique right because that was what worked for chris all was that they ran the pistol option that was when they went 13 and one was when they had a really good quarterback at running the pistol option and, and they just happen to have everything click all at once right like I, I think that's probably the path forward for a program like this that doesn't have a whole lot of investment um not in a fantastic location nevada is not a bad place to recruit Reno, you know you could you could do a whole lot worse you're right next to california you have talent in state it's it, there are much worse situations in the mountain west recruiting wise but i i think that would probably be my my thought and I, I guess with ken wilson you might have that we don't know anything about what he believes because he doesn't exist he's not a real guy but um, he hired a Chip Kelly guy. Like I said, he hired, he made some interesting hires. There's a lot of Oregon influence on this staff, which makes sense because that's where he was. Um, I, I don't think that it's impossible to see a world where they are still a, a bull team, but I, I just don't know if this is going to be creative enough to break beyond that. And I think that that's pretty much the only, 
the only option if you do want to see a like a better Nevada is is doing something completely different, doing something like what Coastal Carolina is doing, do, doing something like that. Kind of, I mean, basically what Jay Norvell is doing just with the passing game, right? Like that was that worked pretty well for him. I think it was going to continue working and probably keep working better. It's just the issue with doing that is that you're going to have to resign yourself to once it works eventually and starts to you know look good and feasible, somebody else is just going to hire your coach because you don't pay him enough. Um, I guess you can just keep making good hires then, but that's a, it's a tough life. It's not, it's not ideal. It's definitely not ideal. It's definitely not ideal. Um, speaking of unideal programs, how about Craig Bowles, Wyoming, man, uh, is this guy going to make it this year, Patrick? Is he going to survive his rebuild season? I hope so. I do. I, I don't like, I don't think that he has done what we were kind of hoping he would do, which was recreate North sure Dakota. Hasn't. Yeah. Recreate yeah. North Dakota state in the, in the, you know, the G five, which, Maybe it was unrealistic to begin with because this is a hard job, but he hasn't done that. They've gone pretty much consistently eight and five since he got there. It's you know seven and five, seven and six, eight and five, that kind of deal. Um, and uh, it's not going to be that this year. They're going to be, they're probably going to be pretty bad. Um, they are the team that if you if you have been up on your your uh, college football fear mongering at all this off season, they have been the team that everybody references as the uh, the do- the downside of the transfer portal, which is. Um, not real, but uh, they they lost a whole bunch of guys to the transfer portal, guys that they weren't really expecting to lose. Um, you know, Zizavian Valade to which is a made up name that can't be a real guy, but uh, to uh, Arizona State, Isaiah Nayer to Texas, um, Solomon Bird to USC, you know, CJ Colden to Oklahoma, Azizi Hearn to UCLA. They they lost a decent chunk of guys. They lost a decent chunk of guys that they weren't really expecting to lose, but. I, I, I think that that he probably deserves a, a rebuilding year. I, I think he has done enough to, to merit that. It's a hard program to win at. It's a program that has sort of a strange history of producing more than it really has any business producing. But um, I don't think that firing him for one down year is really feasible, especially knowing what would be out there to to replace him, which would just be like whoever the current guy at North Dakota state is or right. You know, right. A former assistant at North Dakota state. Like that's yeah. really, that's, or Montana state. Yeah. Or yeah. State, or, just yeah. The programs that area. Yeah. Like yeah. you could go hire whoever the head coach at Montana is right now, I guess. I don't know why that would be any different though. I think that this is really the only feasible model here anyway. So you might as well just keep the guy who already knows the players. The, the only, the only thing that I would see that, that could push him out is if like it is either revealed or, or sort of, just discovered internally from from talking to players that like the reason all these guys left is not just because they had better opportunities it is specifically a, an issue with bull or with his staff if that's the problem and you're going to lose all your good players every every year then yeah you should just go get a different version of this guy who doesn't do that but um i don't know if we can say definitively yet that that is what... about instead of craig bull you get craig cool those um, players like him yeah <laughs> cool. yeah they could try that that's something to think about um but uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he gets fired. I think that that honestly, a rebuild might not be the worst thing in the world. Just a one-year rebuild to try and they have a whole bunch of interesting young talent. Um, like I said, they had kind of gotten stuck in that eight and four rut, and maybe they can find some young guys and and build around that, move forward into something more interesting in 2023, potentially contention in 2023 and 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 24 with a younger roster getting older. Um, I don't think he should be. I don't think he should be fired this year. I don't think he's going to be. But I. I uh, like I said, if there are internal issues that we are not privy to, then I, I think that would make sense. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, 
I don't know. Any other thoughts on Wyoming before we move on? Anything else do you think of this program or this this uh, kind of situation you want to discuss? Um, not not particularly. Looking at the schedule, they have Illinois, Tulsa, North Northern Colorado, and Air Force to start the season. That's not ideal. Um, I think they could probably beat Northern Colorado. And I mean, man, I don't know what the fuck to think about Tulsa. I, it is impossible to have opinions about Tulsa football. You can't look direct. You can't look directly at it. It's it's yeah, not, one of the weirdest programs in the country. Just, easily, I, I have no idea what is even happening there. No clue. No no sense of, of anything that's going on there. Um, they also get at BYU, which is a nightmare. Uh, San Jose State, New Mexico, Utah State, Hawaii, Colorado State, Boise State, and Fresno State. So, I, I, like I said, I think Hawaii is is winnable. I think that any of those teams, you know, of of the bottom yeah. could. Could maybe three wins in the schedule. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern Colorado, maybe Hawaii, um, maybe New Mexico, and then if Tulsa is bad, I guess you could try to get to four, but probably two or three wins. Um, defense is going to be, I think, fine. I don't think the defense is going to be horrible. They lose more players than they probably should defensively, just just by virtue of they had a whole bunch of guys transfer. But there was still interesting players here. They have two really good defensive tackles. Linebackers beyond uh, you know Chad Muma, who is off to the NFL, are still good. They have good players on the defense, so I, I don't think the defense is going to be horrible. Um, but this offense is just so dreadfully bad that I I, I think it's going to be just a worse version of what it had been, and so it, it's probably three and nine or four and eight this season. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, let's move on to tier four. Yep. Uh, we start out with UNLV, where I guess the question is like, is Marcus Arroyo ever going to make a bowl game? And does he have to to keep his job? Um, I think he has to to keep his job this year. So it, it's somehow only been, I believe, uh, is it, has it only been two years? I think it's only been two years for him. I, I think somehow he's only been there for two years. It feels like he's been there forever. Um, but he is, I, I want to say, 2-16 uh, across the last two years. They were better. Tough. They were better than two and ten this past year. I I will I will say that to their credit. They were better than two and ten. That that the, it, it was not a final record that did them a whole lot of favors. They played very very close games against legitimately good teams on several occasions. They just couldn't finish the games. So, I I think that he probably does need to actually do something this year. I don't know if a if it's a bowl game entirely necessarily i think five wins might save his job but they need to be damn close they 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 need to be a whole lot closer than they have been on the actual standings it can't just be like yeah we were three and nine but we almost beat utah state it's like well maybe try and win one of those at some point because they haven't done it yet um i think they will i think that they will be able to break through and, and contend for a bowl game they have a huge chunk of the roster back. Um, they have pretty much the only real question mark I have about returning production, you know, where, where there's a major hole in the starting lineup is at running back, which is troubling. But um, they added Aiden Robbins, who's a transfer from Louisville, who was talented coming out of high school. He's a huge, huge running back. He's like six foot three, two 235 pounds. Um, they added some transfer receivers, including Ricky White, who you might remember from his one game that he played at Michigan State where he had like a million receptions against uh, Michigan and then he didn't do anything else for the rest of his career. Um, and, and so like this roster is in theory good. It's, it's, it should be good. They have a lot of experience. They have pulled in talented recruiting classes the last couple of years. Um, and so I don't really think that there's a huge excuse for them to not be a bowl team or, or at least near bowl contention this season. And so, yeah, I, I think that he's got to do it this year. I think it's got to be close or, or in to a, to a bowl game. Well, then I guess the question is like, does the Harrison Bailey addition of quarterback 
uh, do enough to maximize the talent they bring in on the roster to get them to that bowl game. So what uh, do, you, do they actually do they actually do it? So I, I'm curious, what do you think about Harrison Bailey? Uh, I don't think he's good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me hold on. Let me give you my thoughts on Harrison Bailey. One second. Yeah. So, um, so here, Harrison Bailey. Uh, Harrison Bailey um, <laughs> is a six foot five, two hundred twenty pound <laughs> quarterback from Powder Springs, Georgia. Graduated uh, <laughs> high school in the class of twenty twenty. Um, no, I don't know. We didn't really see much of him at, at Tennessee. Like, I, I mean, there weren't there aren't a ton of like. There's not a ton to go off of. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, I remember him. He has what seventy career attempts, something like that. Like he had a decent outlook, yeah. and tw- he completed seventy percent of his passes in in, uh, in twenty twenty, but yeah. was averaging like less than nine yards an attempt. Um, yeah, former uh, former top one hundred player. He was part of that weird twenty twenty class of quarterbacks that where you have like uh, sort of a stilted where like at the top of the class it, class is DJ Uyunglele, and then below him there were a bunch of actually interesting players, but like. Listen to the to the uh, the 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 four star. This is only the pro style. That's not a. Why does twenty four seven always want to show me pro style quarterbacks? That doesn't mean anything. They've since um, changed it, but they haven't yeah. like retroactively changed their yeah, ranking. Yeah, so twenty 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 class here. Bryce Young, g- good hit. Uh, DJ Uyunglele, terrible, not a hit. CJ Stroud, good hit. Hudson Card, um, I I don't know. No, I'm not seeing that. Does not have any dog in him. Jaquindon Jackson, who I believe is not a quarterback anymore. They're, sorry, really quick. They're saying that uh, Quinn Ewers is showing more leadership capability at uh, scrimmages and, and in practices than Hudson Card. You brother, that you are down bad. Yeah. If that like, that's not. Let's be saying. honest, Qu- Quinn. You, I mean, I can't say the things I feel about Quinn Ewers' podcast. <laughs> I'll type them in the chat. Uh, I'll just type. I'll just type. Uh, I'll just type my thoughts in the chat really quick Let's here, Patrick, here. and you just yeah, uh, you just respond in kind as you feel. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's really cool. Uh, Ryan has has reportedly said that, that Quinn Ewers is very cool when he likes him. He's very he's good in social situations. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. Look, Hudson Card, he sucks. Go yeah. ahead, keep going. Uh, so Jaquindon Jackson, who also committed to Texas, who I believe is not a quarterback anymore. Um. Luke Doty. I don't know if you remember Luke Doty at all. Oh wow, I um, forgot about him. Harrison Bailey. It's all around? Uh no idea. Harrison Bailey, Ethan Garbers, uh Haynes King, hmm. Jay Butterfield, Shane Illingworth, Evan Prater, uh Chubba Purdy, Malik Hornsby, Anthony Richardson. Jesus Christ, that's a bad What class. a awful real, class. Real, real it's like the class fourth, class. it's the third or fourth best quarterback in this class, Anthony Richardson. That is so Well, we also have case. Tyler Van Dyke, and everybody seems to really like him. Um hmm. <laughs> Jeff Sims, Drew Pine, Carson Beck, Max Johnson. Parker McQuarrie. Uh, these are made up guys. I like Max Johnson. I, I, I've i been on record that I'm a little higher on Max Johnson than the average bear. Number 27 in this class is, of course, Jack Miller. And so that's he's the best quarterback in the class. But um, right. Jalen Suggs was the number was the number 29 quarterback in this class. And he didn't even <laughs> didn't go to college that fields a fields a football team. Like, that's how Man. bad this was, is that, that the guy who, who didn't go to college for football was number 29 ahead of uh, some real winners here, including Micah Bowens, uh, Brendan Lewis, Chandler Morris, Deuce Hogan, and Jaden Delora. Boy, this is a tough class. <laughs> Wait, here's a question we should look up if we can. I bet okay. we can't do it, but by signing, even though he didn't play football, by signing Jalen Suggs, did Gonzaga have a better class than some G5 teams? Um, Man. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know how we would calculate that, because I don't know if it's if the... Uh, I don't yeah, know how many points they... you get from what, like, but one four star versus, you know, like 18 two stars. Yeah. How does that rack up? Um, he was a, he was the number, 
what was it, 384 player nationally. So I don't know if he'd be high enough to to make it happen. Um, yeah, it would. It'd be. It'd be close. There are some really bad MAC classes you'll get. You'll get usually. Um, what was the? I wonder what the what the lowest was in this. Uh, in this class, I'm just. I'm just curious now. Um, anyway, UNLV. Um, Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bailey. I think is fine. I, I think he's okay. He's. He's at least. You know. He was interesting enough to be a four star a couple of years ago. As we've said, it was not great company, but. Um, I, I think he could be okay, and then uh, even if he's not, Cameron Friel I think is is steady at least. He started eight games last year. Um, here he was not awful. He threw way too many interceptions, but it wasn't necessarily just because he was inaccurate. It was more just passes that probably shouldn't be intercepted being intercepted. Um, and then Doug Brumfield is a is a really good runner. He he's got a great arm. Um, I don't know that he's especially good at quarterback, but I think one of those guys is going to be okay. Um, and then. That should just be that should be enough. I think if the quarterback is okay, they should be fine because Kyle Williams is back at wide receiver. Uh, Zyle Griffin is back at wide receiver. They added a couple transfers uh, from the uh, from the JUCO ranks or from even there's a D two guy in here who had a hundred receptions last season, which is still a lot even in the D two ranks. And then also Ricky White, who I mentioned earlier. Um, line should be pretty good. Defense should be should be good full-on should be good they, they if you're a name rookie white you should be selling cocaine yeah um who's to say but uh J- jacoby winman is is like the big departure from the defense the linebacker to michigan state uh i think he stinks i don't think he's any good anyway so i don't think it really matters um but basically the entire defensive line is back the other two linebackers are back as are some really interesting juco guys most of the secondary returns um, I think they're going to be good. I, I don't think that they're going to be like Mount, you know, like like Mountain West contention good, but I, I think that they could absolutely compete for a bowl game. They have Idaho State, uh, California, North Texas, Utah State, and New Mexico to open the season. Um, they could beat Idaho State. I don't think they're going to beat California, but I wouldn't put it past them. Um, they could beat North Texas. They could certainly beat New Mexico. I think they're probably going to go two and three or three and two of that stretch, but they have down the stretch, they have Hawaii, they have Nevada, both on the schedule. So they, they really just need to beat Idaho state, North Texas, New Mexico, uh, Hawaii, Nevada, and then steal one of like Utah state, San Jose state, California, um, something in that range. Uh, it, it's not, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world, but I don't think it's going to be impossible either. I, I, I think five or six is, is realistic for, uh, for this year. Okay. Um, got it. Got it. Uh, yeah, I've had enough of, you know, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, how about, how about New Mexico? So New Mexico. Well, how about them? What's up with New Mexico? How do you feel about the state? <laughs> I'm pro. I'm pro the state. I'm anti the football team. Um, okay. So you ever seen Breaking Bad? Uh, I'm familiar. I'm, I'm aware of Breaking Bad. Um, so last year, the the main thing to know about New Mexico is that despite this now being the third year uh, of its uh, its current head coach tenure, I believe his name is Danny Gonzalez. Um, which again, speaking speaking like like we did with Timmy Chang, Dan, your name is Dan. You are a grown man. You are not Danny. You are Dan. <laughs> you go go by Dan or Daniel. You are not Danny. You are a grown man. You cannot have it. Just it doesn't it doesn't work. You can't put Y on the end of your name as a grown man. Come on, 
what are we doing here? Um, but uh, they have not yet had a healthy quarterback in two seasons that he's been there. It just keeps happening that their starting quarterback gets hurt. This last year it was Terry Wilson, the uh, Kentucky transfer, who was fine through the first six games of the season and then got hurt, and then they didn't have any quarterbacks. Um, and so in the back half of the season, they were running the I-form option out of the pistol, which was cool. Hmm. They should just do that because they have um, – there's an option history here, and they hired – oh, who is it? The offensive coordinator is the guy – I want to see if you if you know who I'm talking about. I, I can pull up his name. But he's the guy who was um, – I think he might have been an Ohio State grad assistant, or, or he, he's a longtime Tom Herman guy. Uh, he was Tom Herman's wide receivers coach for several years. Um, oh, uh uh, Kenny Guyton. No. Um, well, no, okay. no, it's a uh, drew something. Um, it's like drew Maringer or something. Um, but None of my uh, business, but he, uh, he, he has at least somewhat of a, of an option background. Uh, I believe that he worked for Willie Fritz. I want to say at Sam Houston state, I'm going off the dome here, so I might be wrong, but they have, they have that. And then also the offensive line coach has an option background. Um, they should just do that. It wasn't good last year because they did it in the middle of the season. They switched to the fucking option halfway through the year. But Derek Wareheim, that's his name. Um, mm, Derek Wareheim. Never heard of him. But uh, too, th- Way too German of a name for me. Sure. Um, but Derek Wareheim and uh, and the offensive line coach, Jason Lindsmeyer, are both uh, – Jesus Christ, I'm just sorry. There's an unrelated guy on this on this page who looks like – like fifty percent shittier looking Kevin Wilson. I'm gonna have to send you the the JPEG of this guy. Um, Let's get this in the chat. Um, let's get, let's get this in the chat me, real quick. Let me pop this link over into the chat and we'll uh, yeah I'll let you. I'll let. I thought I I saw a ghost. I was like holy shit is that Kevin Wilson? Um, boy that guy looks really bad. Um, but uh, that's funny. <laughs> he looks like um, if if you combine Kevin Wilson with Jim from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Yeah, everybody go go check out Gavin Bevis. Uh, that's uh, that's our, our new our new Kevin new, new Kevin <laughs> Wilson Beavis. just dropped. <laughs> Gavin Bevis. Um, but uh, yeah, new new uh, new Kevin Wilson just dropped. But they uh, the, the the point is here. It didn't work especially well last year because they installed it in the middle of the season. They should just run the option. They have the guys for it. They have the coaches for it. They still don't have a quarterback. Um, they're big. A man named Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> their uh, their big thing that they went out and did this offseason from the P5 ranks at quarterback was that they got Miles Kendrick from Kansas. Um, that's not going to work. That's... <laughs> That's not going to do it. Uh, just run the option. It, it it would make more sense. They have like four or five qu- quarterbacks on this team who I think could run the option. A couple of them actually literally did last year. Um, they should just do that because uh, Rocky Long is the defensive coordinator here, and his defense is, I think, going to kick ass. I think his defense is going to be legitimately very good. Um, most of the uh, defensive line is back. They lose a couple starters, but they have some good players returning. Um, almost the entire group of linebackers is back. This is a good group of linebackers, and they played like nine of them. Um, they have a starting cornerback back in Dante Martin. They have every safety who played last year is returning, uh, like all the starting ones. I think this defense is going to be legitimately good. The offense, the only thing that it can do to be sort of a positive force on this team is just hold on to the football and largely stay out of the way. Um, and I think they should do that. I, that's, that's uh, like, I, I think that, that, 
I think there's a decent amount of, of, uh, of space you can fill up just by having a rocky long defense and an offense that doesn't give up the football. Um, they have talent at running back. I, I think they should just I think they should just run the option. Um, I, I don't know if that was what they originally wanted to do when they hired this this staff, but um, that's what they're good at. They should just do that. Yeah, fair enough. Hard to disagree. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, I, I guess besides New Mexico, um, I don't know. What do you see at Colorado State? Uh, or sorry, we're into tier three now. I'm, I'm missing our tiers. Uh, yeah. We're we're in tier three, starting with Colorado State, um, where we already talked about Mike uh, or Jay Norvell a little bit. Yep. Uh, his his jump here. Uh, what do you expect in year one for him as he tries to kind of get this program back to where it uh, where he had Nevada? So it, it's interesting because it, it's really. This is sort of like what I was talking about with the, the first-year head coaches in the portal, right? I don't really know what this is going to be because he did bring in a bunch of talent. He brought in, um, let me see here, just on the offense, like eight guys from Nevada and another couple on the defense. Um, they have a ton of transfers coming coming in, a lot of guys who are proven at this level specifically, um, like Torrey Horton, who had uh, 52 receptions last season. Melquan Stovall had 56. Those guys are immediate starters. They bring back all of their starting receivers from last year as well. Um, Ty McCullough, Dante Wright, EJ Scott. Like A lot of these guys aren't amazing, but it, it, that's a good group, especially when you add in the Nevada guys. They brought in Avery Morrow, the uh, running back from Nevada, who I think could be pretty good. They still have David Bailey. They still have Ajon Vivens. So they, there's there's a lot of skill talent on the offense. Um, the offensive line is a fucking disaster. They have lost every single starter from last year's offensive line. Like any guy who did anything on this offensive line has either graduated or transferred. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be. I, I think that there is a very good chance that every starter on the offensive line is a transfer. I, I like. That's not necessarily what you want. Now, three of them are from Nevada, so they have played together before. But it's uh, that's a little bit. That's a little bit frightening. I don't, I don't love that. But the, I think the offense, the skill position talent is, is extremely good. I think it's among the best in the conference. Um, the defense has a lot to replace, especially on the defensive line with Scott Patchen and Toby McBride leaving. But I, I think that the expectations here, I think it's fair to, to have fairly high expectations. I think it's fair to, to think that the talent here is such and that Jay Norvell is, is such that they can be pretty good from the jump. I don't know if they're going to be like last year's Nevada or the last couple years Nevada level good, specifically because of the quarterback play, but you know, bowl game 7 and 5, 8 and 4, that that doesn't seem out of the question at all. I think that they can be I think they could be legitimately pretty good this year. Turn up, turn up, let's go. Yeah. Um I don't know what I guess kind of have we left their schedule yet? Have we taken a look at Colorado State's yeah, schedule? So so they've got Michigan to start the season, then Middle Tennessee State, Washington State, Sacramento, uh, and then Nevada for the first 5. Probably not going to beat Michigan, um, but I I don't see sure what, would be cool if they did. Yeah, sure would be cool if they did. But they're gonna, I think they're going to beat Middle Tennessee State. I think they're going to beat Sacramento State, and they're certainly going to beat Nevada. So it's really just Washington State to to separate three and two against four and one. Um, I don't have a great feel for that. I, I'll say three and two just to be conservative on that. But then it's Utah State, Hawaii, Boise State, San Jose State, and Wyoming. Um, again, probably two or three wins in there, right? If, if we're, you know, Hawaii is certainly going to be a win. Wyoming certainly going to be a win and then beat San Jose state, maybe beat Utah state. We could be talking already about like a seven and three, seven and four kind of team going into the, you know, it'd be seven and three or six and four going into the last two, which is air force and New Mexico. So like seven and five or eight and four doesn't seem out of the question at all here. They're, they're in the easier of the two divisions. They, they, I think could be 
legitimately pretty good this year. They might have the best offense in the league, um, save for like Fresno State, which is a juggernaut on offense. But I, I think that they're going to be good. I think that they have the, the an advantage in this league that that plays and that will that will play even with troubles on the lines, which is that they have really good receivers and pretty good running backs and I, I think mm. a, a decent secondary. Um, and I think that, that that's enough to get you to 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four here. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, take a look at, uh, in the, inside the tier, San Jose State. Yep. Um, what do you think, I guess, is closer to their expectations and what was what was more or less fluky? What they did in 2020 with that run uh, with Brent Brennan or the 2021 kind of uh, disappointment letdown? So I, I think that it's it's probably – so it's weird because the 2020 season is is very weird to call a fluke because they won every single game by double-digit points, right? Like they, they went 7-1. and one. The one loss was not good, but it was in a bowl game, and they won those first seven games by 10 or more points every single time. Um, that's, that's hard to do. It's hard to fluke that. Um, and then 2021, Nick Starkle gets hurt pretty early into the season. They deal with some other injuries, and it's just it's it's sort of margins. It's it's small things getting worse that then causes the entire team to get worse. They lose a couple close games. They drop to five and seven. Um, I think that the 20, 2021 team probably in talent was closer to eight and four than it was to seven and five. I think the 2020 team was probably if they play a full season, also closer to eight and four than it was to seven and one if they just play more games it, it is what it is and so I would guess that that 2021 is more of a fluke I don't think they're going to have that many injuries again but I don't think that they're going to be 2020 level again either they just don't have they don't have the top end talent to do that consistently um but I do think that they have the talent to be a bowl team to be a, a seven and five or eight and four time kind of team and and I, I don't think that last year was entirely fair to uh fair to them I, I think that that was sort of a an extreme circumstance that probably won't happen again Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I guess what do we have to do to move away from that kind of up and down and consistency into consistent contender status? And, and what is, I guess, keeping them from doing that? So I, I guess it's probably quarterback, right? Nick Starkle being good in 2020 really made a huge difference. And it's just, this is the kind of place where it's hard to get consistency at quarterback. Nick Nash was really bad. Nick Nash was, was really, really not good in filling in last year. Um, they added Chevin Cordero from uh, from Hawaii. I think he's decent. I think that he could be the kind of guy who can do that. Um, it, it would probably help if they could have any sort of consistent rushing attack. That that might be worth looking into to make it so that they're not so quarterback dependent. But they bring back pretty much every wide receiver. Defense should be good. I, I think it probably does come down to top-end talent at quarterback. And, and if that's through the portal, going and getting somebody like Nick Starkle every year or, or close to every year is a lot to ask. But that kind of stability atop the offense really does a lot for uh, uh, for a team of, of this uh, of this level of play where there the margins are always going to be pretty small even when it's a really good bunch um, and, and so I, I think that this year specifically if Cordero is good they are going to be good they could be like an eight or nine win team the defense is going to be very good um, the you know he has good wide receivers the rushing attack should be okay offensive line should be good it, it's just uh, you know can they do that every year can they go out and get a guy like that every year I think that's the thing that sort of makes them more consistently a contender than where they are right now, which is just sort of how it is for these programs. <laughs> if you get a quarterback, then you will be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Uh, I, I think, do we think that Brett Brennan gets that quarterback and is doing so, I guess, 
I don't know. Is that enough to get him back to this P5 contender status, or is he just like, is that gone? Um, I would guess that there's still an opening, right? Because what the Pac-12 is never <laughs> is never exactly overrun with coaching talent, right? Like young coaching talent, and so I I think that being a a largely West Coast based coach is always going to be attractive. Um, if you are able to win at that, you know, at any sort of level, this is a hard job. A lot of coaches have turned this job into bigger jobs, and and so I think that if he's able to generate a seven and five or an eight and four, again, or if he's able to do it twice, um, then I, I think he would totally be in play for like Colorado is probably about to open. Arizona State is certainly about to open. Um, you know, there there are jobs in that league that are pretty much always going to be open. There's always that 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 layer of of uh, of Pac-12 football where there is a job open, right? Like the the Cal, Arizona State, Colorado, Washington State, Oregon State level seems like it produces an opening every single year. Um, and and so I think that he could I think he could do something like that. Uh, and I I think that he's probably only one good season away. The the, the question I think is. I don't even know if he takes that, right? Because he turned down Arizona in the last cycle, um, and arguably one of the worst P five jobs of all time. Sure, though, right? sure. Like it's not a good job, but he he did still do that. He did still turn it down. And and like I don't think Colorado's any better than Arizona is. I, I think Colorado's a, a dog shit job. I think it's extremely bad. And so yeah. like I think he'd take Cal. I think he'd take Arizona State. But if the Pac twelve job or if the the P five job, you know, in general, if it, it doesn't have to just be Pac twelve coming to him is like a Colorado or I don't know, a Texas tech, like that level of program, you know, it's historically bad, not in a good recruiting territory, not a whole lot of investment. I don't know if he takes that. I think he probably jumps for a, for a mid-level PAC 12 job, but I don't know if it's just the dregs. I, I don't know if he jumps, jumps at that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. We are on to the top two tiers, right? Yep. Uh, we are in tier two. Uh, starting with Air Force, um, uh, we we haven't really figured it out yet. What is Air Force's ceiling or the ceiling for a triple team broadly in a G5 league? Uh, what can this team or program expect to accomplish? Yeah, so I, I think that, that sort of it's weird because we don't have a huge history for this sort of thing, right? Like Navy has only been in the AAC since 2015. Air Force has been in the league for much longer, but it's uh it's still kind of hard to say for sure because it takes such a such a strange confluence of events i think in air force's case we could say the ceiling's pretty high right i mean they were 10 and 3 last year traditionally troy calhoun has been very good here they were 11 and 2 in 2019 they were 10 and 3 in 2016 and 2014 that is not to say that they are a a conference championship contender because they they haven't been that yet right you know navy and the american was 11 and 2 in 2019 was 11 and 2 in 2015 but other than that has not been very good it's uh i i think that the ceiling is probably right below conference championship contention i think there's something there that just they can't quite get over that hump of beating the most talented teams in their league once or or in a lot of cases to actually do that you have to do it twice and that's just as a I, I, that's probably the thing right that's probably the limiting factor is that it's extremely hard to be one of these teams and to beat a team twice which you generally have to do if you want to win a conference title um for to be air force and you know to to let's say you beat boise state in september um you know i i guess boise state's not the great not the great example because they're in the same division but to to beat boise state at all and then to 
maybe beat San Diego State twice to beat them in September and then beat them again in December. Um, it's really hard to do. You don't have the element of surprise anymore, and that's pretty much the only thing that these guys have going for them is that it's hard to prepare for the option. If you've played against the option once, it's really not as hard anymore, especially within one season with the same team. It's uh, it's a lot easier to prepare for when you've already seen it once, and so I think that that's sort of the limiting factor is that they can be they can be really really good. They can be extremely high level football teams, but it's just going to be really hard to do it within your own league. Uh, you know, twice right to beat a team twice to come down to the end of the season playing against the best teams on your schedule, and they have you know a a, a full a full seasons of film to to prepare for you is just it's it's a lot to ask. I do think this is going to be an extremely high-level Air Force team, but I think that a high-level Air Force team, a high-level Navy team within a league is probably 11 or 2 or 10 and 3 with a loss to somebody like Boise State, somebody like San Diego State, one of the you know the top-end talent teams in the league. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Are they any more serious than usual this year, or is this just kind of business as usual for Air Force? Yeah, I, I, I think it's probably business as u- usual relative to the last couple of years where they have been really good. Um, Zeke Daniels is back at quarterback. He's very good. That's kind of the thing that determines a lot of these teams' outlooks is if their quarterback is good. Um, they bring back most of the offensive attack in general. Defense has some losses that I, I don't feel great about. Jordan Jackson is gone from the defensive line. Uh, DeMonte Meeks has gone at linebacker. They, they've, they've sort of lost important players at all levels, and they also lost their defensive coordinator, um, John Runzitsky, who uh, left for Virginia. He was good. He was a good defensive coordinator. And so I'm a little worried about that, but I, I think that it's the kind of thing where um, if things break the right way, if Boise State isn't quite what it usually is, if it's, you know, a couple teams take bad losses or, or take weird losses, then... Air Force could slide into that spot just by virtue of not fucking up, right? Air Force is not a team that really is going to fuck up without without being forced to. It's not a team that makes a ton of unforced errors, and so I think that that's, that's probably the situation. That's almost what happened last year is that they just sort of – they almost backed into it, and I think that that's, that's the uh, the ceiling, and I think that that could be the the upper-end expectation here is that maybe they back into a conference title or a division title with like a 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one mark in the league. Um, speaking of teams that don't fuck up, let's talk about Utah State. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I guess here's the thing. I, I think we both agree they probably have the best quarterback or the second best quarterback in this in this conference, yep. right, with, with Logan Bonner. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I would have him maybe slightly behind Jay Kaner, but ahead of uh, Hank Bachmeyer. Sure. Um, does he have any receivers to throw to, or is there any receiver who is maybe uh, uh, capable enough to handle the job? So yeah, that's that's the big thing here is that Logan Bonner is very good, but he does need somebody to throw to. Um, he's not necessarily the kind of guy who's going to make it all happen by himself. Um, Devin Tompkins is gone. Derek Wright is gone. Brandon Bowling is gone, all from the, the receiver room. Devin Tompkins had 102 receptions for 1,700 yards. Derek Wright had 48 receptions. Uh, Brandon Bowling had 56. Those are important players. Those are important receivers. Justin McGriff was good. He's back. He can be something on the outside, but... He only had 35 for 414. He was not really the star kind of guy. Um, and then they went out and they got a whole bunch of guys who are interesting, who could, in theory, step up. And, and that's something that is 
sort of a, a, a you know a common thing of the Blake Anderson teams is that they have one really really good receiver. I'm not sure that this team has that, right? Brian Cobbs is here from Maryland, Xavier Williams is here from Alabama, and then Terrell Vaughn is the other one to know. He's a JUCO guy from Snow College, um, or from rather from uh, Ventura Junior College. But uh, those are the kind of those are the guys who are being talked about in those roles. I just don't know if any of them are stars. If one is, I, I think Vaughn could be. He's only five foot seven, but he's a freak. And also, Devin Tompkins was like five foot seven, and he had seventeen hundred yards. It is not a requirement. Um, Brian Cobbs has kind of shown his ceiling, I think, at Maryland. Xavier Williams, I was excited about coming away from Alabama, but he hasn't done a whole lot. And then Justin McGriff is, is sort of limited in his his ceiling. He's he's kind of too big for his own good. And so, I would guess that this yields a receiver room that is still good. I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't think that the receivers will be bad, but I'm not sure if they are going to have that star like Tompkins, and I'm not sure what that means for an offense that really, really likes to have a star receiver that it can lean on to do a little bit of everything. If there is one, it's probably Vaughn or Cobbs, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I feel great about that. Okay. Um, on the other side of the football, what do we expect here from uh, kind of Nick Hedinger being gone uh, and the um, I guess generally the departures across the defensive secondary behind that behind that group. Yeah, so Nick Henninger was very, very good last year. He is going to be very hard to replace. I don't know if there is a direct replacement. Um, Byron Vaughns, the former Texas uh, player transferred from Texas a couple years ago, looked very good at the end of last season. And so I'm interested in him. I'm interested in Patrick Joyner Jr., who looked okay. He's very athletic. He doesn't seem to try all the time, like full effort on all of his plays. Uh, but when he does try, he's pretty good. Um, and then they have a very, very good defensive tackle whose name I have not yet protect, perfected. Who's, his first name is Halle. Um, he's very, very good. I don't want to say his last name because I don't know how to yet, but he, he, uh, He's one of those guys who's like 310 pounds and is chasing wide receivers down the field on screens, right? He's like 20 yards down the field making a tackle. Um, just an ideal form of, of, uh, of player. So I, I think that they will be fine without Henninger. I think it's probably a similar situation as to you know, the one at wide receiver where there's just not necessarily one star who steps up. And so maybe things get a tiny bit worse because there's not one star that really steps up. Um, behind that, I'm... I'm worried about the linebackers. I will say Justin Rice and Cash Gillum both gone. Both were very good last year. I don't love any of the guys who are back. Um, MJ Tafisi from Washington is interesting at linebacker, and then Anthony Switzer from Arizona from um, Arkansas State I think is good. I, I think he will be good. Um, and then secondary, they're losing Cam Lampkin to Washington State and Zadori Jackson to uh, North Texas, and they also had Shaq Bond graduate from the safety room. I'm not as worried about the secondary as a lot of people are. I really, really like Dominic Tatum, who only started the first three games last year before he got hurt, but he is excellent. I like I like a Johnny Carter. I like Monty McGarry. I think the secondary is going to be fine. My worry is largely at linebacker and in replacing some of that star power in the uh, in the front seven. That that would be my that's my biggest concern with the defense. Uh, have you discovered yet in your time covering Utah State? Do you think Blake Anderson has sex? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Do you do you think Blake Anderson has sex? <laughs> I don't know if I'm in, I don't know if I'm at liberty to answer that question. <laughs> Fair enough. Is he? Do you have any plans to get him on your newsletter? You're gonna get some exclusive interview with Blake Anderson at some point. Uh, presumably, yeah. I, I I would I would like to. He drives a big truck. If that helps you at all, I've seen him. I've seen who, him get into. Who the big is your truck. competition? Like who are you? Who are you competing against? Uh, that's a good question. I'm excited to find out someday. <laughs> Haven't found it yet. <laughs> 
Let's go. Let's go. You're doing the two small sign to everyone, every like student newspaper yeah, guy you're nearby. Yeah, pretty, at the, pretty uh, much Utah it is. State. Yeah, it's like the student newspaper, and then every now and then the Salt Lake Tribune sends a guy out here, but like that's about it. Um, Get his ass. There, there is a local. Um, there's a local paper, but they they uh, they don't have any money, and so they're sort of. Uh, without a whole broke. lot of options yeah yeah too we got small. some broke boys yeah, too, too, too <laughs> smell like broken here <laughs> too small um so uh, yeah, yeah so I, I don't know if was I'm last season I, was, okay <laughs> just talk about like anderson though besides the question of does he fuck or not uh was last season a fluke for him or do you think he's going to keep this program at this level um i think they're probably going to stay at this level i don't know if they're going to be winning the conference every year um they the talent is going to have to keep getting better to do that boise state being seven and five is not I don't think it'd be super common. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, the, I, I think that they're going to be about this. I think they're going to be really good. I, I like Blake Anderson a lot. I think he's a really good group of five football coach. Um, he seems to have a really good understanding of recruiting in this area. It seems like they have a good amount of momentum. Um, they understand the portal pretty well. I, I think they're going to be good. I think the, you know, like I said, winning a, uh, a conference title every year is probably not realistic, but being around 10 wins, 9, 10 wins every year seems totally within the realm of possibility. I think he could absolutely do that. I, I think that he's a really good fit with this uh, with this program. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Tier 1. Yeah. Um, you could be described as a Boise State hater. Yeah, could I? I think there are some words of you being a Boise State hater. I don't know about all that. I I I I'm I'm I'll say I'm Boise State curious. I'm interested in Boise State. I think that. So I sort of have the same opinion about Boise State that I have about Toledo. And there's a note in here that specifically references Jason Candle and uh, and Andy Avalos, which is not a compliment of really either coach, but where it probably should be better than it actually is, given the talent that it brings into the program. Granted. Going ten and two every year is pretty good, but uh, I think that Boise State probably should have done more in the last decade or so than it did. Um, but I don't know if that's hating so much as it is like how you engage with Ohio State, which is like, you know, why are you only eleven and one? Why are you not twelve and zero? What's wrong with you? You have more talent than God. Why are you not better? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm right when I do that. I think that's a big thing. Well, like, have to sure, listen to this. So, so 2019 through 2013, which was the 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 basically the Brian Harson tenure with the last Chris Peterson year. So 2013, eight and five. 2014, 12 and two. Then nine and four, 10 and three, 11 and three, 10 and three, 12 and two. It's the most talented team in the league every single year. Like, not even close. They they. They recruited an extremely high level uh, among the best of the G5s every year. Um, some of the best history in the sport in the last 20 years, right? Like most consistent programs right up there with Ohio State and Oklahoma in terms of not having losing seasons, in terms of putting up double-digit win seasons. Like I think Ohio State is pretty much the only one that wins at a more consistent level than Boise State does in the last 20 years. But that's like... <sighs> Where are the twelve and ones? Where are the fourteen and O's? Where are you know? Where's two thousand six? Where's two thousand nine? It, it has. It's been a while since we have seen like a truly special Boise State team. It's been back to like twenty fourteen, even twenty eleven, and and so that is where my that's where my concern about Boise State comes. It's not so much like oh they're not they're, you know they're not good. It's more just like man, if you're gonna recruit the number one class in the league every year, you should do more with it than this. 
I agree. I guess that's fair enough. Um, I, I, I don't know. What What do you think is holding them back from maximizing it? Like, it, it, is it a is it an execution problem? Is it a is it a player development problem? Is it a coaching problem? Like, what is what are we lacking here? I would guess that that uh, I think under Harson it was probably a coaching problem. Uh, uh, under Evolus, I don't know if we have a good enough feel yet because the 2020-21 season was so strange and they had some injuries and a couple of games that they really should have won, like the UCF game or the Oklahoma State game, where just something stupid happened at the end of the game. But like, you know, the the sort of the hallmark of the Harson era was. And, and this has been a Boise State thing since Peterson left, is the one stupid loss, right? Like, the one loss that they have no business taking, which is like, you know, what, what, how, did you, how did you manage that? Like, uh, you know, 2019, they lost to a, a not very good Washington team by 31 points. Um, and then in the season, their only in-season loss was to BYU by three. That was not a very good BYU team, if memory serves, at least not as good as, like, the current ones. Um yeah, 2019 BYU was seven and six. Like that's the kind of thing. That's that's what I'm talking about, right? And it's it's been a lot of that. It's been that for several years now, where they are excellent outside of just one or two weeks where they slip up, and it's just it's just cutting down on that. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. I would assume that that's a coaching thing. I don't think it's a talent thing. I don't know if Avalos is going to fix that. I, I just I don't know if we have a feel for him yet. But that has been the issue, and I think that that's the thing that ho- that's holding them back is that once a year they are good for doing just one week of absolute jack shit where they just just completely fuck up against a team they have no business fucking up against. Um, I I, I don't know. Give me give me your, your your rundown on kind of like what what you expect on the personnel side here for Boise State this season. Is it Hank Bachmeyer? Is it Cleo Shakir? George Alani, is it the defense? Like, what is what is elevating the team to the promised land if they make it? Yeah, so Hank Bachmeyer's back. Last year was his best year as a quarterback. I'm not sure that he can be the guy who is leading an offense all by himself. I just don't know if he's that yeah. kind of player. I, um, I was early on him. I'll say this. I was a Hank Bachmeyer head before he even had his fourth star, and yeah. then I have since turned on him. Yeah, I, I think that he's... He's in the, he's in the Phil Jakovic zone for me. <laughs> uh, George Halani is also back. He was hurt last year, but when he was healthy, he was very good. I like him a lot. He's he's one yeah. of my favorite G5 running backs. Khalil um, Shakir is gone. Where did he get drafted? Uh, Bills, I think. I think the Bills took him. Mm. Um, the famous team okay. that needed more offensive firepower, the Bills. Um, um, but he's gone as is Octavius Evans, who is sort of the number two receiver. That's the that's the concern offensively is finding a new star or finding someone who can step up into a into a larger role. Stephen Cobbs is back, but he's sort of a you know he's your he's your last year he had 34 receptions for 421 yards. That's the kind of guy he is. I don't know that he has a ceiling much higher than 40 some receptions, you know. Um, and so finding a new star or finding a way to supplement a star at wide receiver is a little bit concerning. I think that they probably should run the ball more than they did last year. Um, but the offensive line is relatively intact, and then. The thing to really be excited about here is the defense, which was borderline top 10 last year and returns almost everybody. Um, Dimitri Washington's back at defensive end, as is Isaiah Bagna. They started uh, the majority of games last season in in that spot. Uh, Scott Scott Matlock and Jackson Cravens are both back at defensive tackle. They are excellent. These were the starters last year. Um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Noah is back at linebacker. They also added uh, George Tarlis, who's a transfer from Weber State on the edge, who was uh, very, very good, very good last year. And so, you know, almost the entire linebacker room is back. Pretty much the entire secondary, like all of the starters are back. They bring back Caleb Biggers. They bring back 
they they had like five or six cornerback starters last year, and every single one of them is back. J.L. Skinner is back, one of the best safeties in the league, and so like the the limiting factor being the right being the wide receivers is really not enough to to make me think that they shouldn't be the favorite coming into the season. It, it's just the concern is you know at what point do they have a dumb loss that they shouldn't take, right? Because that has been the thing with them for so many years now. And yeah. I, 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 that's my, re, that's my only real concern is that I think that they're going to fuck up at some point during this season in the, you know, within they, the, the they might schedule. be more Ohio state than Ohio state is. Yeah. They are, they are very, very aggressively the G five uh, version of Ohio state. Like it's, it's almost uncanny how similar the two are. Yeah. I can't even think of any other contenders. Like, I don't know. I, Memphis is clearly G five LSU. Okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. this is a podcast episode. We'll do this. Oh man, time. yeah, that'd be fun. Who? Yeah, who? Who, who are? Which of the the P five and G five programs are married? Yeah, we might have to think about. Yeah, that sister point. cities. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but like uh, okay. Here, oh, so ahead. so within the conference schedule here, so they have Oregon State, Tennessee, Martin, uh, UTEP, and BYU out of conference. Um, UTEP. That's a banger game. That could be a good game, right? Yeah, I think the that's BYU game is going to be really fun, too. Um, that's at Boise State, which is interesting. Um, but uh, probably three wins there. I don't think they're going to beat BYU, but that doesn't matter for the for the purposes of winning the conference. In conference, they have New Mexico on the road, uh, San Diego State at home, which is a very good place to get San Diego State, uh, Fresno State at home, at Air Force, uh, Colorado State at home, at Nevada, at Wyoming, Utah State at home to end the season on a Friday at 10 a.m. local time for some reason. Um, so, like, I don't – I mean, the, the slip-up game is probably one of San Diego State or Fresno State back-to-back, right? Or I, I guess the one that would make sense in the fiction of, of how this usually works is that they would manage to beat San Diego State and Fresno State at home back-to-back, take a bye week, and then lose to Air Force on the road out of the bye week, right? Like, that's – probably what's going to happen. Um, but other than that, like they should win these games. They get the best teams on the schedule at home. I don't think Utah State's going to be quite what they were last year. Uh, at the end of the year, they're going to be better than they will be at the beginning of the year, but that's also at home. There's not really a challenging road trip outside of that Air Force game. And so I, I they should go undefeated. They should run the table. They should, you know, not undefeated on a whole. I think they're going to lose to BYU, but they should not lose a conference game. They should win the division. They should probably win the league. Um, the only reason I think to, to expect that they won't is that they might fuck up on the road against Air Force because that is just just what they do. <laughs> and if they don't do that, then they will at home the next week against Colorado State. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's talk about uh, their, their kind of one of their big in-conference rivals here with Fresno State. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Jake Hayner earlier. Is the core of this offense with, with him, uh, Mims, Cropper, and Kelly yeah. enough to carry Fresno State to the conference championship this season? I think so. I also kind of thought it was last year, and it wasn't. But, I mean, that's really fucking good, right? Jake Hayner is extremely good. Uh, 4,096 yards last season, uh, 33 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Um, very, very good. Jordan Mims was, I think, honestly the better of the two running backs last year, even with Ronnie Rivers, who was very good. But... Jordan Mims had 127 carries for 710 yards. He also had almost as many yards receiving and and 10 and fewer receptions than than Rivers, right? Like, he was the more explosive of the two, and I think he's probably the better player overall. Uh, Jalen Cropper, I don't think we need to give a whole lot of background to. He's outstanding. And then Josh Kelly is 
very, very good, very explosive on the outside. They also bring back Zane Pope um, as sort of the wide receiver three. So, like, I I think this is a very good group. I think that this is an extremely good offensive uh, room. They also added uh, Nico Ramijo from uh, from Cal. He's fine. He's sort of a slot guy. Um, and most of the offensive line is back. I think the offense is going to be excellent. The, the question is... How good does it have to be to carry a defense that probably isn't going to be great? It was not. It's not terrible, but um, I, I, I think with Jeff Tedford running the show again, um, I think that Fresno State's probably going to win the West. I think that the offense is good enough to win the West. I don't know if it's good enough to beat a Boise State or an Air Force or a Utah State in the conference title, but I, I think that it will be good enough to beat San Diego State and to uh, to win the West. This is an extremely good offensive core. Yeah, well, I, I guess my question then is, what should we expect from the defense in relation to this offense? What do they have to do to kind of get them there? Uh, do they need to be good, just okay? Like, what are your expectations for the side of the ball? Yeah, so I think the defense probably, the the standard that they need to set is, like, fine. I, I think that, like, David Perales needs to continue to be good on the defensive line. Um, they, they probably need a, one or two of these transfers to hit. Somebody like Joshua Pacola from Stanford, uh, Raymond Scott from USC or Cameron Lockridge from, from Hawaii, right? Like the two P5 guys are not good. They weren't good last year. Lockridge was. Um, but like they have enough returning production that I'm not, I don't think the defense is going to be bad. It's, I don't think it's going to be good just because it wasn't really all that good last year. And it doesn't seem like it's going to get significantly better under Jeff Tedford, famously guy who really doesn't like defense, doesn't have a whole lot of interest in it. But I think if it's like top 60, top 70-ish nationally, then they will they will be very hard to beat. They will be extremely difficult to beat because of how good this offense is. Um, and that, that doesn't seem uh, unreasonable to ask. I, I think that that, especially with a, a fairly intact and fairly good secondary, I think that that's, that's reasonable. Yeah, fair enough. I, I guess then my follow-up question is, how, how long... Uh, does Jeff Tedford, Jeff Tedford have left at Fresno State before someone comes and takes him away? So, how old is Jeff Tedford? Just uh, let's let's see. Uh, you're you're very good at guessing coach ages. How good? How old do you think uh, Jeff Tedford is? Fifty-two. Jeff Tedford is sixty. So, damn. I I think that this might be Jeff Tedford's last go around. Um, but I I still think that the answer is probably about the same. That this is a four or five year run. Um, I don't know. I don't think that he's going to get picked up again. I think that he has probably run his course as a Power Five coach. Um, that the Cal tenure was just so weird, right? Like it was, you know, pretty high highs, legitimately not bad highs, but the way that it ended wasn't super positive. Um, it seems like he's kind of a flake just a little bit, right? Spent three years at Fresno state last time around. Um, I, I, I think that this is sort of a, he is doing a favor to a program that he likes and he is steadying it after it lost a coach a whole lot earlier than it was expecting to in, um, in Kalen DeBoer. And that that they're they're hoping that he can find an offensive coordinator or somebody internally that can be promoted um, after he retires again. But I, I would guess that it's probably four or five years. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, let's get the last team this conference, dude. We got San Diego State. Yep. So, uh, are they ever going to have a good enough offense to win a league title? Um. So, probably not. Right. Like I. I mean. I guess. Um, you know, anything can happen, right? Like the defense is so good, so consistently every year that, you know, maybe they just get lucky, but uh, I keep almost sneezing. Sorry. Um, the quarterback here is Braxton Burmeister, right? 
it's it, it, it's Braxton Burmeister. Chance Bell is gone from the rushing attack, or uh, Greg Bell is gone rather. Chance Bell is back. He's fine. Um, but I just their wide receivers wear number ninety two, right? It, it's they're that's they are what they are, and they have been this for such a long time that I I just don't know if they can break out of it. I think that they might just be this, and. The defense is so good, and they will be able to be so consistently strong defensively that they can still go 12-1 and or 11-2. and But, man, I I just I don't know. I don't know what the offense is going to do. It's been so bad. It's been so despicably bad for so many years now. It's been so fucking bad, man. I don't know. Um, I, I, but I guess, as always, the defense just carries them, right? This defense just never fucking quits. Yep. Um, who's that corner? It's Kurt. Uh, what's his last name? Um, they're... Uh, defensive coordinator. Oh, I know who it, you're talking about. Um, um, Kurt Manick, is that right? Or Mannix? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, he's still there. Kurt Maddox. Kurt Maddox. Maddox. He's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he's still there, right? He is. He is still there. Yeah. Uh, due to leave anytime now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Is there any reason to think they won't be excellent again? No, not really. Uh, they lose Cameron Thomas <laughs> from the defensive line, but like Kashawn Banks is back, Jonah Tevai is back, Caden McDonald is back, uh, Patrick McMorris is a you know a first team All Conference kind of guy back in the backfield. Um, I, I I don't know why they wouldn't still be very good on defense. Um, it's just like yeah, you know what what can Chance Bell do at running back? Can he do anything at all that keeps them moving? Can Braxton Burmeister not be terrible, which he has always been? Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the way out is here because they don't seem to have any interest in changing what they do offensively. I think they're just going to be, they're just going to be the same thing, which that they, that they have been, which is like, you know, kind of okay at running the ball, but so despicably bad at throwing it that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I, I, fair enough. I don't know, man. It's just, it, I, 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 I can't even like figure out what to expect from this program. Cause I just think they're the same. It's like one of these fixed programs. You just know what to expect every year Yeah, where it's almost like, what they do doesn't even really matter. It's just what happens to teams around them that year. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a Wisconsin team, right? Wisconsin team's a Wisconsin team. Whether or not they win the West, that depended on their own ability. But, like, whether it's it's whether or not, you know, Iowa is good. Yeah. Like, San Diego State's just San Diego State. Every yeah, this is more a um, question of, like, is the, you know, if, is the Fresno State defense 10% worse to a point where San Diego State can, can beat them on the road, right? Or that they lose a, a weird one that they probably shouldn't. Because... You know, the rest of the schedule, non-conference is Arizona, Idaho State, uh, Utah, and Toledo. Man, that's a fun non-conference. That is interesting. I, I think they're probably winning three of those games, right? In conference, they have to go to Boise State. They get Hawaii at home. They get UNLV at home. They get San Jose State at home. They get Air Force at home. They're going to uh, Nevada. They're going to Fresno State, to uh, New Mexico. And so, like, uh, yeah, they, they should – they should be able to compete for, if not win the West, but it's going to come down to that Fresno state game. And I just don't know that the offense has the juice to win, to win a game like that. Even if the defense is top 10 in the country, like it pretty much always is. I don't know how they beat both Boise state and Fresno state on the road unless, you know, and unless one of those teams fucks up somewhere else, then, then yeah, they're, they're just a, a victim of circumstance where they're going to go 10 and two every year or 11 and two every year, but they can't quite get over that hump because they can't pass the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of it, it's this ongoing thing. It's it's very frustrating to watch a program who's like good in a lot of aspects not solve uh, these like, core issues and just kind of affect them year after year and not even really try to. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how you get by like coaching like that. It just really frustrates me. Yeah. Um, that having been said, Brady Hoke has obviously done a very good job here. Um, 
does he stick it out until further notice? Um, I think does so. he ever have another job? Is he just done? Like, yeah, is this I, it? I, I think he probably just sticks it out, right? I mean, he was so nearly like out of college football when before they oh, <laughs> before yeah. they hired him, right? Like he was really not in a good place. He had been fired from what? I mean, he was yeah. Let's let's see. just so after Michigan, he was the defensive coordinator at Oregon. That was horrible. It really really did not go well. Um, he was a defensive line coach at Tennessee and briefly the interim head coach. That didn't go well. He coached with the Panthers for a year. That didn't go well. And then he was the defensive line coach here. But, like, if they don't make him the head coach, I mean, or or rather if he doesn't end up back at San Diego State, what is he doing right now? Is he coaching, like, Ohio high school football? I, I, I think that that absolutely could have been a possibility. And so I think that there is a a sense probably for him and it seems like he's doing really well we talked about this last year he has it looks like he's lost a ton of weight it seems like he's very healthy and 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 really enjoying himself at this level um very proud for him yeah like why why leave why would you just just fucking do this it seems like this is fine it seems like this is much better for him and he's much better at it he's 63 Uh, just do this just do this for another seven years and then call it a career i think that you're you're you know perfectly fine with that yeah, just hang out, dude. Just have a good time. Just be a chill guy. Yeah. Nothing just wrong vibe. With, nothing wrong with just being a chill guy. It's fine. It's cool, even. We like it. Every Everyone needs one. Yeah. Yep. Every conference needs just a guy who's chilling out, having a good time. And I think that that could be Brady Hoke. Could be you, dude. Could be you. Yep. Um, okay. Patrick, do you have any last notes you want to hit on this podcast? Um, Before I go hit the slice shop, we'll get some more compliments from old Italian guys again. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Ryan's at B1G underscore Ryan. Uh, you can follow my new venture at the Ag Ship, which is a Utah State outlet, as we sort of alluded to earlier. Uh, it's the U- only Utah State outlet. So if you want to literally, that if is you want to read it. about Utah State, uh, it's six dollars a month. It, you could do it. It's 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 a very small amount of money. It's also either it's either six a month or sixty a year, which is just giving it away. Um, so uh, if you want to do that, at the Ag Ship on Twitter. Um, our and show. if you're a fucking if you're a listener, you spend sixty dollars an Adderall before every episode. Yeah, come on. Yeah, what are we doing here? It, it's uh, it, just grow up. Uh, but uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Field Flipping. Um, as I as I have said, we continue to uh, to field questions. You can DM us questions. You can tweet at us questions. Uh, if you like the show, tweet out the show. Share it with your friends. Let them know that it's uh, not as bad as every other college football podcast. If you have friends who listen to college football podcasts and you maybe want to do something nice for them and show them, hey, there is actually one good college football podcast that doesn't uh, either talk about the same boring shit or doesn't talk about college football at all and just makes the same jokes for the last uh, eight years or so, um, you could recommend this one. We, we've only been making the same jokes for the last year and a half, so it, it's... You know, it hasn't gotten old quite yet. So I, I, that's I think right. That that's, that's right. Uh, it, it would and be... also, I'm constantly going to innovate by making like a mildly offensive new joke every week. It's, you're going to be like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, wow, <laughs> oh, yeah. Instead of just doing like the same exact, uh, oh wow, look at this, this uh, animals doing something crazy for yeah. every. What week if there for was? What if? What if someone in the South had a kitchen and there was a, some kind of kitchen situation with you know. <laughs> Cooking southern food. Uh, <laughs> some sort of you know, there was some sort of backyard incident that a father of three had. I don't know. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what we really need in college football, we don't have enough of, is people talking about being dads. Yeah, um, not enough dads. They're in college just football. Yeah, there aren't enough dads in college football. <laughs> honestly, um, 
And I think we just need, yeah, more of that. Like, uh, oh, it's like, that's crazy. Your kid likes the iPad. Like, wow. whoa, that's got to be a unique parenting <laughs> tough situation for you. Damn, that's crazy, <laughs> man. Wow, that's wild. You guys went to the Applebee's? Damn. <laughs> Whew. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. No, I also have a child that likes McDonald's. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Damn, can yeah, you guys believe anyway, Paw Patrol was on. Yeah, uh, anyway, how about this uh, Bitcoin stuff at at, uh, at Miami? I'm thinking about investing in it, guy, in, in, in <laughs> June of 2022. Um, yeah, anyway, so if you don't want your uh, friends to be exposed to that, please do share this show and uh, and let them know that we are the uh, we're the cure to the common college football blogger brain. Um, Come on, are, the, uh, are you doing a bit? No, we're the, have you seen have you seen the episode of Mad Men with this this premise? No, there's a there's an episode of Mad Men where there's like a fail son nephew who comes in and is is like the uh, he's the cousin he's the cousin of the wife of the guy who owns of Roger Sterling who's who's one of the main partners uh-huh. and he has to get a job and he comes in and pitches all of his ideas and they're all just like uh, life cereal the cure for the common breakfast like uh, uh, you know. <laughs> whatever like uh jaguar the cure for the common car or no, something like that it's, it's a, just like his only pitch every time no that's a um, uh, that's a i would say a fairly well-known phrase outside of the television show man <laughs> obviously yes i'm aware of this but like you doing it as us pitching it just made me immediately think of that uh, yeah well is that is what funny. we're doing we're the we're the cure for the common cereal we are uh the the you know we're, we're gonna fix college football media by uh making fun of all of the guys who have been doing it for longer than we have uh and anyone yeah. who's doing it after us they are all so losers but for different reasons right and what's cool too is like when we do it this way it really helps other people lift us up and elevate us and give us a good platform like yeah. like the best way to do that is to just very <laughs> aggressively like not like in a nice way no. like in a pretty mean spirited way yeah like just attack all the other people trying to do the same thing you're doing yeah we're not even really doing it we're not doing it in good faith we are not doing it in like a way that we are it's not really it's not from a place of love no it's not from a like oh i want these shows to be but no i want these shows to fail i want everyone who worked <laughs> full-time for vox media to fail in their current venture I don't. I, Boy, full stop. These motherfuckers suck. We don't like. Like, I really don't like a lot of the stuff they're doing. <laughs> I, I gotta do, be honest. Like, I do not like these people. Full on. I do not like these. Guys. I hope they like have jobs and can like feed their families and stuff. But like, I don't want to see their content prosper that much more. I'm like just because the problem is the real issue with cultural media is like people on Twitter or people. Most people in the world are like not funny, and you like you meet them and they don't have their own jokes. They don't think of their own ideas. They can't like, you know, riff. They can't riff. Yeah. And no riffing. when you meet someone who doesn't have the riffing gene, it is genetic. It's passed on through Y chromosomes only. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you meet someone who doesn't have the riffing gene, uh, you just see them repeat other people's jokes in the same exact style and tone. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired of the style of joke and tone that is dominant in college football. And we have to out riff these people to replace them. We have yeah. to spread our riffing genes throughout the community uh, in order to supplant theirs. Yeah, there's. We need fr- to become a viral invasive weed. Yeah, there's frankly, there's not enough uh, cruelty. There's not enough people who are actively and openly mean, like aggressively, personally. It, I'm not just attacking their content. I'm attacking them as people. And that's what we need more of. <laughs> that's what the flipping the field Air Force is all about. It is making it personal. It is taking things too far online. That's what we're up to. 
That's yeah. what we believe. Oh, yeah. Way. I will, like, there is a, a very real scenario I could be provoked into a fist fight over college football media. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, not that much of a stretch, honestly. Any day now. Uh, Any day now. It's only in New York, baby. Uh, only in New York. You come to my turf? Yeah. You come, you come to my block, meet at my slice shop? Yeah. No fucking chance, yeah. pal. You take, no fucking chance. You take your third vacation of the month to go golfing in New York. It's <laughs> over. It's done. Ryan is there. That's his turn. Uh, all right. Well, all right. before we pick any actionable threats, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.